Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sports Bee with Richard Holders. I'm happy to be here. Such a great day. We have got a great show for you. We are broadcasting on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And later on the show, I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds as we are going to talk about the Super Bowl and everything that leads up to the Super Bowl. We had the opening ceremony from the Winter Olympics last night. And the Super Bowl is a week away course we have the pro bowl this weekend we had the east west shrine game we have the senior bowl and we also had some action in the nba and college basketball i will get into all of it so last night at russell county russell county defeated barber county as i called my final game of the season it was senior night it was a great night down in seal alabama and i'm looking forward to next year and hopefully I have not committed to a full season, but there's a chance I might be able to call a few baseball games this year. So that is always exciting. But we do have a great show for you. I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks getting the biggest win of the season by defeating the number one team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. And that 2018 trade just looks better and better every day that Trey Young steals the spotlight on a nationally televised game. We had a very big game in college basketball, a Pac-12 showdown between Arizona and UCLA, and this could be the difference in which team gets a number one seed. Both teams are just incredible. And we had the opening ceremony in the Winter Olympics, as we do have some events today. We have curling, we have women's hockey, and what I'm going to do is every day I'm going to give an update in the medal count for everybody that is interested in the Winter Olympics. So let's go ahead and get right into the show as the Atlanta Hawks got their biggest win of the season, defeating the Phoenix Suns 124-115, to led by Trey Young's 43 points. They were able to pull away, despite Devin Booker's 32 points. This was a big win for the Hawks. Phoenix is a legit team. They went to the finals last year, and they should have won it. Phoenix is the favorites to win the NBA Finals. The Atlanta Hawks are now 25-26. and And now, when I think about it, that loss to the Toronto Raptors when they didn't have Trey Young, was actually not a bad loss because Toronto is looking great after beating the Chicago Bulls 127 to 120 in overtime. Some of the other scores, the Clippers were able to beat the Los Angeles Lakers despite 30 points from Anthony Davis. Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, different Reggie Jackson, but he gets the tip in bucket and the Clippers beat the helpless Lakers. Not sure what they're going to do once LeBron gets back. There's always a silver lining. LeBron is not going to be taxed with minutes when they get into the playoffs. And you know he plays on another level. And you know he's going to flip the switch like he always does. The Warriors were able to beat the Sacramento Kings. And you had the Minnesota Timberwolves beating the Detroit Pistons. Led by the Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, with 25 points. He is a special player. I really think that Minnesota has got something special With Carl Anthony Towns making the all-star team, Anthony Edwards is a future all-star. 
they do have a dynamic duo over there in Minnesota. It's just the Western Conference is so stacked. I like what they're doing over in Minnesota. College basketball last night. We had a big one. The Arizona Wildcats at home defeating the UCLA Bruins 76-66. Gonzaga, the number two team in the country, defeats San Diego 92-62. The thing about Gonzaga, they're in the West Coast Conference. They have a lot of easy games, but I'm looking at their schedule. San Francisco is good this year. St. Mary's is good. BYU is good. What would be impressive is if they win out, but they will get a number one seed. Is this the year that Gonzaga finally gets over the hump and wins a championship? They've been a dominant program for the last 20 years under Mark Few, and they just can't quite get over the hump to win a championship. I still think Auburn is the best team in the country. I was talking to head coach Ronnie Battle of Russell County last night. He played point guard in the early 90s for the Auburn Tigers. And obviously, he's a big Auburn basketball fan. It's buzzing around the community. They have a fan base that is hungry for a national championship in basketball, especially since they went to the Final Four in 2019. And they will take on the Georgia Bulldogs this Saturday. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a new head coach. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Not sure if this is a good hire. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. That's great, but his head coaching record is mediocre at best. 42-37-1 and and with a 531 winning percentage. Usually a red flag shows up when you have three straight winning seasons and then you have one losing season and you get fired. It's because, and this has happened before in other organizations, the ownership group is trying to find an excuse to get rid of you. It might be a personality issue. And the Jaguars had to deal with this with Urban Meyer. Can Doug Peterson get the best out of Trevor Lawrence? Is he the type of head coach that can develop quarterbacks? Yes, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But you got to remember, that Eagles team was stacked. And Carson Wentz was having an MVP season before he got injured. The Dolphins talked to offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, Mike McDaniel. And really, the remaining three head coaching vacancies, there's not a stable quarterback situation. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Is Kirk Cousins really the guy in Minnesota? And you got Tua in Miami. So we are a week away from the Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not sure if the line has changed. Has the line changed? The Rams are now favored by four and a half points. Some of the matchups I really want to see, I think Joe Mixon, the running back for the Bengals, is the best running back left out of the Super Bowl teams. The coaching matchups, Sean McVay versus Zach Taylor. Well, Sean McVay's been there before. Zach Taylor is an up-and-coming coach, but look at his rec before he got Joe Burrow. And can you convince me that quarterbacks matter in this league? If you got the quarterback, that makes all the difference. There's speculation that the Cincinnati Bengals are not quite ready to win at all. That they arrived a year early. Well, you never know when you're going to come back to this spot. Especially with the quarterback play in the AFC. The Bengals have got to get this. They've been to the Super Bowl before in 1981 and 1988 seasons. Where they lost to the San Francisco 49ers twice. And now they're back. The Rams won a Super Bowl the 1999 season with Kurt Warner. You know, they made a movie about that. But it was as the St. Louis Rams. So Rams fans, there's Los Angeles Rams fans, and then there's St. Louis Rams fans that 
I don't know, they, they feel kind of bitter that their team left. It's kind of like when the Houston Oilers left for Tennessee, but they changed their name. Feels like it's a different team. But the last time that a Los Angeles NFL franchise won the Super Bowl was the Los Angeles Raiders in 1983. That team had Swagger, they had Marcus Allen, they had Howie Long, they had Jim Plunkett. Such a very special team. And now I'm really looking forward to seeing this Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to seeing the matchups. Jalen Ramsey going up against Jamar Chase. Can the offensive line for Cincinnati hold up? And will Joe Burrow create magic like he did against Kansas City? Getting out of the pocket, making plays, passing in the backfield to Joe Mixon, passing to T. Higgins. What's really going to hurt Cincinnati is they're going to be without their tight end, Uzuma, as he injured his knee in the Kansas City game. But overall, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to the halftime show. I wonder what songs they're going to play. You got Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Clearly, they're going to have to play Family Affair. That song was produced by Dr. Dre. Mary J. Blige's biggest hit. What songs by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are they going to play? Are they going to play Nothing But a G Thing? Are they going to play the next episode? Probably going to play both. I don't think they're going to play deep cover. Too many bad words. You know, this is a family show. I don't think there's ever an edited version of deep cover. I like the song. Now, are they going to play Forget About Dre, the Dr. Dre and Eminem song? Is there any songs where Dre, Eminem, and Snoop Dogg are all in it? And let's be honest with you. Kendrick Lamar is new on the scene. I have to Google what his number one songs are because he came in in the 2000s and... Really, the rest of the artists are really a nostalgia trip for a lot of people that live down in L.A. Don't think they're going to play Whit Dre Day. Seriously, why would you be dissing Eazy e or Jerry Heller? I mean, they've both passed on. But the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be something that's going to be pretty cool. I'm not going to be able to watch it because that's normally when I put my kids to bed. But I'll later watch it on YouTube, and I'm really looking forward to the commercials. The Monday after the Super Bowl, I talk about what was my favorite funny commercials. I've got some great ones. We're going to spend all week talking about everything Super Bowl related. I'll get into what it was like when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta three years ago. I remember, because I live in Columbus, I avoided Atlanta as much as I could because there was just so much stuff going on. There were so many people the traffic down in Atlanta was very tough. But I do remember at work, some of the former NFL players like Daryl Green and Aeneas Williams came to my work and we took pictures and it was pretty cool. And they were signing autographs. And I thought that was a pretty great moment. But it's always great. LA is a great venue to host the Super Bowl. I mean, they are known for hosting big events. Look at the Olympics in 84. So it's great when L.A. is the center of the sports universe. The stars are going to be out. You know LeBron is going to be making an appearance. And, of course, me being in the media, I'm always interested to see Radio Row. That would be cool if I ever got to a point where I was famous enough to be on Radio Row. Well, without further ado, I think it's time we bring Gabe Reynolds on the show. Welcome back to the show. And on the show, I got Gabe Reynolds. Gabe, we're going to talk everything Super Bowl, and we got some more sports topics that we need to talk about, need to touch up on. But Gabe, I got to say, it is the honor to have you on the show making your debut 
on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. You're on the radio. Gabe, welcome back to the show. Hey, Richard. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to uh, be able to reach a a new audience. Hopefully, um, I can do a good job and continue to... uh, I continue to make some waves in this. You know, we're just trying to just trying to share this passion that I have about sports. And I may step on some toes. Hopefully I don't cause too many problems, though. But I'm going to give it to you straight with no chase. Before we get into the Super Bowl and everything NFL, I wanted to touch up a little bit on the NBA All-Stars. They've been announced uh, two players that I've noticed making their first All-Star appearance. Cavaliers guard Darius Garland averages 19 points a game. And Fred Van Fleet, the undrafted free agent out of Wichita State that was a huge contributor to the Raptors' success in their 2019 NBA championship season. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with how the Raptors and the Cavaliers are in the playoff hunt. First of all, let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is owner Dan Gilbert pumping his chest right now? All I'm going to say is, you know, a lot of people rolled the Cleveland Cavaliers off after last year. They didn't give J.B. Bickerstaff a, a full roster to work with. Plus, it was also the COVID year. But you give him an opportunity, you give him a contract, and you trust him. He's able to get his staff in. He's able to get his system in place. And then next thing you know, boom, he's taking off. Darius Garland, a kid out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, played at CPA. Then, you know, went on to, you know, one year in college. Is now coming into his own. Like he, they got they got the Cavs going. They got a young roster, and everybody kind of just didn't think they were gonna peak right now. But hey, JB Bickerstaff is a great coach. He he, he comes from a, a good lineage. Kevin Love is playing well. They got um he, he's he's coming back. He's the veteran presence in that locker room. Those guys are just hungry and they just want to play. They just want to prove everybody wrong. And the talented rookie Evan Mobley, he's in candidate for rookie of the year. I'm impressed with the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're doing it without Colin Sexton. And Cavalier fans are like, LeBron who? The Cleveland Cavaliers can make the NBA playoffs for the first time without LeBron since 1997. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a good season. But, you know, hopefully they can keep that momentum going and keep it going, you know, into the second half of the season. They don't need any letdowns because, you know, teams start playing for seeding and everything. We just want to keep it, keep it all going. Right, let's talk about the Toronto Raptors because they defeated the Chicago Bulls in overtime. They still have the pieces from that championship team in 2019. I know when Kawhi Leonard left, they made the playoffs in 20 in the bubble. They had a down year last year, but I'm impressed with Scotty Barnes, the rookie. But Fred Van Fleet, the undrafted free agent from Wichita State, making his first ever all-star appearance. And they still have the veteran presence of Pascal Siakam. I think that Nick Nurse is a very underrated NBA head coach. He's not underrated because he won championships at the G League level. Uh, he won a championship, you know, that, that one-year rental with Kawhi. But he's a, he's a good motivator. He gets the best out of his players. He can, uh, he can do so much. I think with, you know, moving on from Kyle Lowry, they didn't know uh, what they were going to get. And uh, Van Vliet, but Van Vliet just stepped in. They haven't missed a beat. They've stepped back a little bit with uh, Kawhi leaving and a couple other players, uh, Danny Green leaving and everything. But they're sitting at, at six in the East right now. So they're still in striking distance. They're rounding in the form. And like you said, that was a big win the other night against the Bulls. You know, they're, they're currently on a four-game winning streak with the Hawks coming up. Uh, they've already beat the Hawks once during this stretch. 
So it, it, it's, you know, it'd be a good going into the All-Star break to keep that momentum and to get going. All right. So we can't talk about NBA All-Star reserves without talking about the NBA All-Star snubs. And one snub that comes to mind is Minnesota Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man. Carl Anthony Towns made it. The Timberwolves are fighting for a playoff berth. I really like the dynamic duo of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Yeah, that kind of that kind of hurt because, you know, without without him, Minnesota wouldn't be where they are because he's been a, a great scoring threat from the outside and he's unfazed. He takes it, he goes in there, he plays hard. He's made Anthony Towns' game a lot better because they take the focus off of him. Edwards is able to, you know, he, he's just the boy's bad. That's a bad boy. That's, that's like a man amongst boys right there. And he's, he, he, he is a baller. And that's all you want. You want a baller. He don't care about stats. He just comes to play. And that's all he does. But to leave him off the all-star, all-star game, like, man, that, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by that. Well, he might still get in if one of these players either opts out or gets injured. But, Gabe, we're going to be switching gears. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl. It's in a week. We got media day. We got everything Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. What's your thoughts on this upcoming Super Bowl? Rich, I told you, man. I told you how it was going to be. I told you that it was going to be the Rams and the Bengals. You called it. Everybody wanted to pick the Chiefs. Everybody wanted to pick the uh, 49ers. But I told you it was going to be the Rams and the Bengals. Everything that I've said so far is coming to fruition. But – the NFL has a dilemma. You got the second time in two years you're playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. It's good for the fans, but it's like regional. Like, eh, does anybody does anybody really care about this Super Bowl? I, I've heard more people talking about the halftime performance than they actually care about the Super Bowl. They, they it's not not too many people really on the Bengals on the Bengals bandwagon. Not too many people, you know, people are watching the Rams. A lot of people are saying the Rams are just going to go ahead and blow them out. It's not going to be worth watching. But I think you know for Aaron Donald. For Matthew Stafford, for Von Miller, for Odell Beckham, that's like a dream team right there. That's like the the USA team back in '92 when they went to the Olympics. Like I don't know how Joe Burrow is going to survive. I don't know how that offensive line is going to hold up and protect him. Eli, hey, Eli Apple going to have a going to have a hard day. I agree. And you mentioned the Super Bowl halftime show. Let's talk about that halftime show in LA. Very appropriate to have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Give me a prediction, Gabe. What song do they bust out with first? Do they bust out with the next episode? Or does Dre and Snoop get on the mic and do deep cover? Or do they do nothing but a G thing? Or does Mary J. Blige come out there and do Family Affair? I'm going to tell you right now. Mary J. Blige don't come out with the super kick then the whole Super Bowl halftime is worthless. But I'm going to go with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. I think they're going to take it all the way back to G thing. They're going to they gonna start they gonna start at the beginning and work their way up, bring in Kendrick Lamar, bring in uh, Ice Cube. I think he's going to come in there and hit them with something. I'm waiting to see what surprises they're going to have coming out there in the halftime show. But it's going to be probably one of the best halftime shows since Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake and Michael Jackson back in 93 now i am a fan of classic hip-hop i hope they do that radio version of nothing but a g thing for the family out there obviously i don't know if they're going to come out with deep cover i I don't think the radio edit is appropriate for a family audience but (laughs) i think that deep cover would be a nice song to to actually include i think they will do forget about dre 
the song with Dr. Dre and Eminem. And uh, I would like to see the message. That was a song by Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige on his second album. Right. Uh, I, re- I really like the song, The Message. It's really a song about his brother, Tyree. And Mary J. Blige does the background music for that song. But actually, Family Affair is, is one of the songs that I think will be at the halftime show. Oh, definitely. I, it's definitely going to be a family affair. Um, I know that song is probably going to be in there, probably along with some of her other uh, early bangers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see 50 Cent show up out there. And you know, you know, Eminem is going to bring it regardless. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great halftime show. The halftime show probably going to be better than the game. I would have to agree, Gabe. I'm really looking forward to this halftime show. Probably going to put my kids to bed during that time, but I will watch it later on YouTube. And it is going to be nothing but entertainment for the entertainment capital of the world. I'm just excited that the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles because all of Hollywood is going to be out there, all the superstars, and we might even see LeBron. Uh, we, we, we may see LeBron, but I'm just excited. I'm excited for the Super Bowl and just for a good game. Not necessarily a big LeBron fan, but I do want to see all the stars come out. I want to see all the stars come out. I want to see – I just want to see a great game when it's all said and done. All right, now let's talk about NFL head coaching vacancies because two positions actually got filled as the Jacksonville Jaguars named their head coach. Uh, Super Bowl champion coach Doug Peterson has been named the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. And we also have some interviews as the offensive coordinator for the Rams is being interviewed for the Vikings position. But I want to talk about Brian Flores because this was – the biggest sports story when the allegations came out, he's uh, filed a suit for the NFL. And basically what people don't know about this story was he interviewed for the Broncos head coaching position and the Giants head coaching position. This is an allegations, according to him, that he wasn't getting a fair share, that it was a sham interview, especially for the Giants position, because he got a text message from Bill Belichick congratulating him on getting the Giants head coaching position, but the head coaching position went to Brian Dable. I know you have an opinion on this issue. I have an opinion on this issue. Brian Flores is a very good head coach that is deserving of getting any job. He turned around. He never should have got fired from Miami. He led the Miami Dolphins to a seven-game winning streak, and he was winning with Tua Tagovailoa. So, Brian Flores should get an NFL head coaching position, but what's your thoughts on this whole mess? So my thoughts, Richard, is the NFL has a – they have a, a, a problem in the, in the coaching aspect. Right now, you only have one African-American head coach in the NFL, and that's in uh, Pittsburgh. But the Rooney rule – let, let, let's, let's go back. Let's talk about the Rooney Rule in, in regards to Brian Flores. The Rooney Rule only states that a team has to interview a minority candidate. You can interview a minority candidate, but already have in mind who you want to hire. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So in this regards right here, they basically taken out the resume and the character and what this part, what Flores has done on the field. Flor, like you said, Flores took over a bad Dolphins team, inherited a, a, a decent, a okay roster, 
And then because the owner wanted to allegedly wanted to get a better draft position, told him that, hey, you got to tank. In this regards right here, it's a it's it's more so he say versus he say. Flores can get blackballed just like Kaepernick got blackballed from the NFL. Because if this doesn't, if when this lawsuit came out and he was still a candidate for jobs, if he doesn't get hired, it is it's going to come back and hurt. But then at the same time, let's go back two years ago, even last year, when Bienemy for the OC for the Chiefs was up for uh, various head coaching jobs. He's interviewing, but he's not getting a fair shake. So is it because of the color of his skin? Is it because of is it because of his resume? Or are we just gonna keep continue to keep recycling and retread coaches? Because if we're hiring new coaches that are younger and are offensively uh innovative, what's to say that the enemy who who basically had came in and basically took Mahomes' career to an entire new level, why can't he get a job? Flores won. He got fired and he was winning. You don't want to win because you want to get somebody in there that's going to basically bow down to you. That's not what that's not what Flores does. Flores is a, is a winner. He came from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. He came from New England where they won. This is a defensive-minded coach. He should be able to go get any job in the NFL but these allegations may come back and hurt him. But at the same time, the NFL is using the Rooney rule, the Rooney rule as a cover-up. It's not, it's not transparent. It's not beneficial across the board. You got a, you got a league that's 70% African American, but yet you only got one African American head coach. It's not fair. It's not proportion. That's not proportionate across the board. You get what I'm saying? I absolutely agree. I think that. The Rooney rule was put in place to check the box. But Correct. These, exactly. these NFL teams, they they pretty much know who they want as their head coaches. But there are so many candidates out there. You talked about Eric Bieniemy. I'm thinking of Byron Leftwich. I think that he is a great candidate. Look at what he's done as the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That they should get their opportunity. Right. And that's and that's what I'm saying. You got you got Candidates, you got coaches that are right there whose resume stacks up and stands up against every other coordinator's uh, coach in the NFL as already. But it's 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 all about who you know, regardless of the coaching tree. Like you said, a lot of these teams have already made up their in their mind who they're going to hire. It's not about what you know; it's about who you know. Well, Gabe, I really appreciate you talking about that subject. That's a subject that. It hits hard for a lot of people, and, and that's one that I was – I admit, when I talked about it on my show a couple of days ago, I touched up on it lightly because I didn't want to step on any toes. I didn't want to get it controversial, but you really brought the subject to light, and I really appreciate your uh, your insight on it. I mean, it, it, it's got to be put out there, man. It, it's got to be talked about. Like, a lot of people want to dance around the subject and dance around – no, like, as a journalist, let's talk about it. Like, at the end of the day – it, it, it is it is a, a accusation. Everybody can come back and defend and say they didn't do it. The investigation happens. That's one thing. But you can't label a person or blackball a person because of an allegation. But let's talk about it. The whole going back to the Kaepernick thing and the, and the kneeling and all that. I ain't trying to get political or anything, but nobody wanted to talk about it directly. Everybody wanted to skate around the issue. 
The NFL has come back and talked about social justice, social reform, stand for change in racism. You're putting the message out there and you're putting it on the field, but then your practices within the hiring are completely against what you're promoting and saying on the field. You got to make it match both ways. You get what I'm saying? I do. I wish that the NFL would just be more consistent with just be transparent. What, just be yeah. transparent. Look at the look at the NBA. You got they finally looked at it and said, "Hey, you know what? We need to hire more former players." And the former players are minority players. I mean, minority coaches. You got more minority coaches in the NBA than you do in the NFL. And it I mean, works. this is a, this is a subject that can go all the way across the board. But even you know, we're talking about the NFL. But look at the college level. You don't have that many minority coaches at the college level. So it's a it's a subject that has to be talked about that nobody really wants to talk about. Just talking to former coaches, and I, I, I know a lot of coaches at the high school level. I mean, just you've got to relate to your players. You've you got to be you gotta be like a coach's player. Mike Tomlin does an amazing job with Pittsburgh because he relates to his players. It's one thing to be a coach that is a you know just preaches discipline and and sometimes has to be hard on everybody but you got to have a balance you got to have that leader of men that has the details when it comes to plays but can also relate to your players because at the end of the day they're human and you want to lead a team and you know these coaches that we talked about are more than capable of doing that you're right and Flores was a player's coach his players respected him because, I mean, you got to think, they started off losing it and then they all of a sudden started winning down the stretch. His players came to play for him. They played hard. In this situation right here, I heard uh, Ron Rivera say the other day, uh, you know, it's a shame, but it's got to be – you got to have more coaches got to come out and stand behind Flores in this situation. Not just the black coaches – not just the other minority coaches, but you're going to need some white coaches to come out and stand behind them as well. You already got players coming out and standing behind Flores and, and sticking up for them, but you got to have some of these other coaches like a, a, a Belichick or a, a Pete Carroll or uh, or someone, you know, someone like that that's, that's going to get this going because if you don't, it's going to eventually just die off after the Super Bowl. Gabe, I really appreciate just your sports knowledge and your passion and thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast i know that we really hit some issues hard and you know you you always have that passion and fire to to be a great guest on the podcast and as always yeah i just enjoy you bringing your passion for sports hey man i'm always honored to be a part of it thanks for having me on as a guest and I look forward to returning again and, and share after the Super Bowl and sharing some more some more knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you again. That's Gabe Reynolds, a guest on the Sports Beat. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. And hope everybody has a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry.
produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.